0: Good morning to you all. My name is Maurice. Uh, I am one of the associate teaching pastors here. So good to see you. Um, Before I get started, I got to give you guys a quick update before we dive in. I got a lot to say. But before we dive in, I got to let you know uh, this upcoming fall, uh, my portion of my role will be working with young adults. And so a few years ago when me and my wife moved here, uh, we sat down with Bill and Jim, the pastors here at Ascent, and they expressed to us that they wanted to be a church and build a church that it was not just one demographic. When you walked in, you've seen so many different generations. And so at the top of this year, it was pressed upon our hearts to make that a reality. And so one of our five-year goals, not everything made the list, but this did. That shows you how important it is. One of our five-year goals is to have 600-plus young adults connected and calling Ascent their home. Now, we know that that is a large goal. We know that's a little lofty. It stretches us. But on this journey, I'm a part of that journey. And if you are excited about that, if that inspires you in any way, if you're a young adult, I'll be coming up to you, talking with you about things. Um, But keep that in prayer. Uh, Keep that in your prayers as we are going in that direction. This fall, uh, we just simply want to say, young adults, we see you. We've seen many people come in here and coming through these doors. We see you. And this fall, we're going to make some attempts to build some community by putting energy and resources behind it. So keep that in your prayers, all right? Uh, next, I can't move on in this sermon without saying I just got back from Costa Rica. Costa Rica crew, where you at? Okay, there we go. A group of high school students. Uh, we just got back uh, this past week and spent a mission trip in Costa Rica. Those are many of our very first times. And some of these trips, I got to be honest with you, it's inexpressible. It's tough to communicate what happens on these trips, how they're so life-changing and impactful, but students come back year after year because it's just that awesome. Now, there's some deep things. There's some spiritual things that take place. There's some awesome community that is built on these trips. But on missing trips as well, there's some things that take place where it's like, I don't know how spiritual that is, but it makes us closer and it bonds us together. Uh, first and foremost, I don't know who came up with this. Here's a few pictures of uh, some students who came up with the idea, we're going to bond together. You know, the last few days we get together, everybody's on an emotional high. So they're like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? They start putting notches in their eyebrows. It's just, you take clippers and you just get a little like zink, just right on your eyebrow to say, hey, we're all in this together. We love this. And everybody, not everybody, majority people got notches in their eyebrow. This last one is going to be a little funny. She obviously was kind of peer pressured into doing that one. But the funny thing, even more than that, is I'm so excited. I'm looking at it. I'm like, you guys are foolish. And now I'm a 28-year-old man trying to look cool with a notch in his eyebrow. So I had to get one, too. I joined in. I'm that type of person. I just jumped right in. I'll do it as well. So it's been awesome to see how these trips have been so impactful. And anything that we can do, honestly, one of the biggest things that we point students to and anybody towards is getting on those trips. So always keep that in your prayers as well. Uh, I got a lot to say, so let me dive right into this. We just started a series called When God Interrupts. God, if you've been a part of the Christian faith or you follow after God for any amount of years, you know, gets a lot of credit and a lot of names. God that'll walk with me, my comforter, the God who loves me, the God who sustains me, the one who will be there with me through thick and thin. He gets a lot of names, but he doesn't get a lot of credit for being a God who interrupts. And for the next few weeks, we're going to be unpacking. Why does God interrupt our lives? Because we see in scripture, he's a God that interrupts. He's a God that will move things around, displace things, frustrate us, uh, displace things, and cause us to be frustrated, but it's for a purpose. And so for the next few weeks, we're going to be unpacking what that is. But before I say too much, I couldn't kick off this series without showing you a childhood clip that was very funny to me from a show that I used to watch. Turn your attention to the screens. Lewis! Lewis. Lewis 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 Mom 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 Mommy 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 Mama 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 Ma 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 Mom. Mom 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 Mommy Mommy Mama Mama Mama, Mama. Mama. What Hi no one likes interruptions. And we're diving into a series talking about when God interrupts our lives. By the way, before I even get started into any of those things, if having kids is like that, that just made me wait a few more years. I love my sleep. I love my alone time. And I hear that all goes away. So they're beautiful. They're awesome, but I think I'm gonna wait a little bit longer from watching just that video, if that's a reality. But no one likes interruptions. If we, we can all agree that no one is a fan of interruptions. We we, we don't like interruptions. Our culture says being a person who interrupts is rude. We, We don't like, we're opposed. We hate being interrupted, whether it's a kid, whether, or you might be just driving down the street. You leave home on time and then you get to work on time every single day, but it's winter and for whatever odd reason, a person with California license plate has pressed brakes too hard, turned the car over. I'm from California. And now you have interruptions. This messes with your day. Somebody cuts you off. You were happy and now you're in a bad mood. Interruptions they mess with our life. They mess with the rhythm of life. They, they, they mess with the continuity. When we don't have interruptions, we're in control. But, but yet, interruptions are a way of life, whether it's through kids, whether it's driving down the street. Maybe you're watching your favorite sports team, and it's exactly when everything gets, is at the height of everything, and now the doorbell rings. And then now you got to pick up the phone. Maybe you're watching a movie. If you've ever been like me, you're watching a movie, and it's at the very, the climatic scene, and you're watching, and you're like, oh, my goodness, and now you have to use the restroom. And you're like, I can't hold it. I got to run. And you're just sitting there. It's all these interruptions. Some of you in the room, you're like me. You're getting a little old. Interruptions come by way of knees aching, backs pains, other things. You used to be a person who would run and hike and bike, and now you're like, I don't know if I could do it because things are interrupting me. Not only that, if I can go old school. Can I go old school one quick moment for you? Can I go old school? Yeah, I I hear yeses. So here's the thing. You won't get this if you're 25 years and younger. But there used to be something called a house phone. (laughs) Believe it or not, it was a house phone. and not just an ordinary house phone. I'm not talking about the cool later on in the years cordless. You can walk anywhere. I'm talking about the corded household. I'm talking about the one that you would get wrapped up in. I'm talking about the one you would have to go in the other room, kind of get privacy, but you're attached to this phone cord all the way to the wall. You're knocking stuff over as you're pulling the cord, trying to get a conversation going. It was a house phone back in the day. Not only that, for those of you in the room, young men, The part of dating that was hard was not getting the girl's number. That was somewhat easy. Calling her house and her dad picking up was the hard part. You don't understand what it was like to be on the phone for 20 minutes with dad first before you can get on the phone with the the young lady that you're trying to talk to. You're on the phone with dad and he's grilling you and now, um, you know, the mom comes in. You know, just let him talk to her. He finally hands the phone over and now you finally get a conversation but it's house phones. So my mom, in an old traditional way, would pick up the phone and start dialing. And now I'm having a conversation, it's just do 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 She finally puts the phone to her ear, and she's like, well, who's on my phone? And you know, she's getting mad. She's like, well, what are you doing on my phone? You, you know, on your phone you're not on the phone with your little friend. We couldn't have girlfriends back in the day. My mom would always, you're on the phone with your little friend, that's your little friend. I'm not gonna ever call him a girlfriend. That's your little friend. You need know, on the phone to your little friend. You got two minutes to get off of my phone. And then there was always the embarrassing moment. You got two minutes to get off of my phone and she probably don't know that you don't even take showers. Click. And I'm like, Mom, are you kidding me here? She's interrupting my phone calls. No one is a fan of interruptions. But what if I told you the very thing that we're opposed to? The very thing that we all hate, the, the very thing that binds us all together in having a, a, a hatred and being opposed to interruptions is the very thing that God uses to communicate to us. What if it's the thing that we d- don't desire, the thing that we hate the most is the very thing that He uses to communicate? I've never heard God audibly. Sometimes I sit back and I wonder, maybe you wonder this as well. Where are you? Why aren't you talking? Why won't you just say something? If you really want this to happen, sometimes I feel like God can be mute. He just looks at the world, doesn't say anything. He just does whatever, and he's just there. And I'm always wondering, won't you just say, wouldn't my life be better? Wouldn't people follow you more if you just started speaking audibly to everybody? And so I've never heard God audibly. Sometimes I'm jealous. If some people hear that way, hear God that way. Sometimes they don't, I don't know exactly, but I have had interruptions. And I think we can all agree that life will throw interruptions at us. And interruptions can sometimes be the very communication that God uses to get our attention. This, next few uh, weeks as we're diving into this series, I want you to keep this in mind. God's interruption is always God's introduction. God's interruption is always God's introduction. And for the next few weeks, we're gonna be seeing what does God want to introduce us to? For today, I believe God interrupts for us to be introduced to relationship. It's always been about relationship. The reason he does what he does, the the reason he will intrude in your life, the reason he will interrupt your plans, the reason he will go as far as he will is so that he can have relationship. It's relationship that started God on a plan to save humanity, to come and rescue us. It wasn't just so that we could have an awesome life. It was so that we can be in relationship with him. Creator and creation back in harmony. If you read the Bible in this book called Genesis, it's the Garden of Eden. Everything was in unison, and God's been on a plan ever since to be in unison with us, to be in harmony with us. And he will use interruptions to get our attention. He will use interruptions to come into our lives, to make things worse before they get better. Interruptions is God's way of communicating to us. And this morning, as I'm coming off this trip, of Costa Rica trip, I started to think for a few moments about what's been taking place in my own life. This trip that I've gone on, uh, my wife, I'm not a person that really processes a lot of things. It takes a lot for me to sit down and actually start to think through things, write things down. And it wasn't until my wife brought it to my attention, Maurice, you know you've been in three different mission trips in three different months consecutively, two different countries, one other state. What are you you feeling? What are you thinking? What's going on with you? And I didn't have an answer. So it made me go and reflect on these trips. And I was a little hesitant to share these thoughts with you because I don't want you to view this morning and the next few moments that I have with you as mission trip Sunday. I don't want you to view this as, oh, he's highlighting a few stories of high school students. I want you to see yourself in the stories that I'm about to tell. Because I believe as you look at these stories, as you listen to these stories that I'm about to tell, you might just see yourself and you might see how God interrupts all of our lives. This this next picture that I have for you, I've gone on many trips. This is my fourth trip that I've gone on with high school students. Many people don't know, but when I first got here, I stayed a day in Colorado, and the next day I was on a plane to Belize with 40 high school students. And these were two students that were there, holding up the number four because we've been on four trips together. This is Kayla and Laura, and they have been on a trip ever since freshman year, since I've got here, I've seen them on these trips. And I highlighted these stories. I can't tell all of them. But Kayla and Laura, when I came in, they were in such a different place back then. And to hear Laura articulate her faith when, when we're having group discussion on the last day and she's beginning to talk about how God has been impactful to her, all I could think about was her life has been interrupted. To the point that she would come back on a trip for breaking away from technology, going to a place where you are eating majority rice and beans, sleeping on the floor, doing hard work, all these different things, and she's drawn to it. Her life has been interrupted. Kayla's life has been interrupted so much so that she has decided instead of going directly to college for nine months, I'm gonna go to these different countries on a mission field, a part of a mission organization, and do exactly what I've been doing for four years, only for a week at a time. I'm gonna dedicate my life to that. I want you to know their life has been interrupted. There's something happening down on the inside of their lives that an interruption is pulling them in a certain direction and what I love about it is that they started to pay attention to that. Not only are they people who pay attention to that, but today we're going to be actually jumping into a story of a young man named Samuel. Samuel is a man who, used to, uh, who grew up as a young man. He didn't know God at all. His parents were Christian religious people or not Christian back in that day, but they were people who followed God. But Samuel, the Bible says, did not know God at all. So they kind of put him in the environment of church and he's a kind young man. So he starts to pick up around the church, helps the pastor out around whatever he's doing. And he has his life interrupted. I want you to stick with me for the next few moments and see what God is trying to communicate to us. The Bible says this right here. One night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Suddenly, the Lord called out, Samuel. I tried to have my, like, God voice on that one. Samuel, Samuel. I can't get too deep, but Samuel. Morgan Freeman, probably. <laughs> yes, Samuel replied. What is it? He got up and ran to Eli. Eli is the pastor, the priest guy. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. So he did. Then the Lord called out again, Samuel, again, Samuel got up, went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son, Eli said. Go back to bed. Then Eli, excuse me, Samuel did not, excuse me, Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. So the Lord called a third time. And once more, Samuel got up and went to Eli, here I am, did you call me? Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls again, say, speak Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed. And the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Then the Lord said to Samuel, I am about to do a shocking thing in Israel. The story of young Samuel, he's having a place where he's sleeping. He's doing whatever he needs to do, getting his rest. And God comes and interrupts Samuel's rhythm, interrupts Samuel's life. For the next few moments, I want to talk about three things that point to the direction of relationship. Remember, God's interruption is God's introduction to relationship. And there's three things that I see in the story of young Samuel that I believe God wants to communicate to us today. The very first thing that I see in the story of Samuel that God wants for us is that God's call is disruptive. Samuel lying down in a place of comfort, lying in his own place, and God calls him out of his comfort zone. God calls him from the place that he knows. He, he gives him a call. He interrupts him from his normal routine. And God loves us so much. That he will call us from the thing that we know into unknown territory. God is an interrupting God. He will mess with our plans. He will disrupt our lives. The things that we thought we loved so much, the things that we held and 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 prioritized before God, he will disrupt our lives. All for the sake of relationship. Jesus addresses these words, uh, addresses this same topic in the book of Matthew. He says these words right here. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. He later on goes to say, I have come to divide mother and father, husband and wife. And he goes down this list and face value, you can say, whoa, that's a little crazy. I like my family. I like my marriage. Why would he do that? But what God is communicating, what Jesus is saying is that I have come to divide anything that you hold in the place of me. Everything that you are holding on to, I am coming with a sword. And I love the imagery that he uses. He's saying, I'm fighting whatever has held you bound. Everything that you're in, whether that's sin and drunkenness, whether that's whatever it may be, I'm here to tell you I'm fighting the thing that you're holding on to he's a god that will interrupt our plans mess with our situation we thought it was a bad breakup but can i suggest to us this morning maybe it was god the business plan failed maybe it was god it's not an easy message this isn't one of those amen messages so go ahead and sit tight But when we look at Scripture, God is not opposed to having us go through heartbreak just so he can have relationship with us. You thought it was your friends rejecting you. You thought it was family members abandoning you. Maybe, just maybe, God was trying to get you to himself. And he'll do whatever it takes, and he'll separate you from the thing that you're holding on to. He'll separate you from all external circumstances. He'll separate you from the thing that you think, I can't live without this, whatever that thing is. And he'll come with a sword to divide and bring you to a place of separation. Yes, it took some heartache. Yes, you'd lost some money. Yes, you were out of your comfort zone. But God says, now you have me. And I'm here to tell you that God's call is disruptive so much so that you think you're doing your own thing. You think you have your own plans. You think that you have your own life mapped out. This is how it's going to be. This is what's going to happen. But live a little longer. And I'm here to tell you that his interruption will come in in a comfort place, the place where we thought was comfortable, the place that we thought where we would be secure and, and whatever that may be. And he will call us from the place where we are to where he wants us. God's call on our life is disruptive. He'll interrupt all things for the sake of relationship. But that's not the only thing that I see In the life of Samuel. The second thing that I see that points us to relationship is not only is God's life or his call disruptive, not only will he separate us from the thing that we have held on to, not only will he mess with our relationships and we thought it was a bad breakup, we thought that it was something that was gonna be lifelong, he will interrupt those things, but not only that, God desires for us to get the source right. What do I mean? Samuel hears a spiritual call from God, gets up, and goes to Eli. God calls him. He gets up, goes to Eli. This happens several times. He hears a spiritual call, gets up, and goes to the physical, goes to the natural. The best way that I could explain this is many of us right now, I believe, have a spiritual itch that we try to scratch with the physical. We journey through life, wondering how can I get to a place where I'm satisfied. And there's an itch that can only be fulfilled by God. And we get up and we go to the natural, we get up and we go to the physical. We have things that take place in our life. We have some things that we lost and we get up and we go to the physical. What are we getting up and going towards? God saying, I need your source to get right. And what I love about God so much is he's not a God that just calls one time. He's a God that says, I'm going to call you till you get it right. And I'm going to be honest with you this morning. Maybe you don't have a past. I have a past. Don't judge me because if we followed you home and looked at your life and what you used to do, you have a past as well. I like to say that we're all X something. Some of us used to do things that we don't do no more. We're X something. I used to scratch that spiritual itch with sports and putting my identity in that. I used to scratch the spiritual itch with going from relationship to relationship, going from one young lady to the next young lady. And I used to feel like I used to scratch and it would be temporary that I thought, yeah, things are okay. But God will get you to a place where he calls you and calls you and calls you to the place where he will take those things out of your life, cause sports to fall, cause relationships to fail. And all he's doing is trying to get you to get your source right. As you call, as I'm calling you, you got to get up and come to me. There's an itch that we all have. And sometimes you don't even have to be a Christian to have this. You may have circumstances that you're in where you're unsettled. You feel like you're built for more. You have a passion for something else. There's there's something in life that's uneasy. I'm telling you, fulfillment is only found in God. And I'm here to let you know, I've been on a journey myself of trying to figure this out. And God will use all sorts of things in life to grab our attention for the sake of relationship. The third thing that I see God calling us to, and for the sake of relationship, is the circle that we're in. Samuel gets up and he goes to Eli. The awesome thing about Samuel's life is Eli knew where to point him to. And I believe in this life that God has for us, he wants us to have Eli's in our life. When I look at our circle, when I look at my circle, are people pointing me in the direction that God wants me to go in? Sometimes we can look at our life and people are pointing us in the opposite direction. I'm not telling you to get rid of everybody. I didn't get rid of everybody when I started following God. But you got to have an Eli in your life. Women, I'm not leaving you out. Maybe you need an Elisha. <laughs> maybe you need to diversify your circle. Women have powerful voices and they need to be uh, elevated and, and uh, spoken into. And so maybe that's what God has for us. When we look at Samuel's life, God is saying it's all for relationship, and it was never about behavior. I go on these trips sometimes and I get close and I walk with some students and I walk with um, guys and girls and through small groups, whatever that may look like. And a lot of the response is, Maurice, I have a life. How could a God love me when I do the things that I do? And it's those moments that I want to capture them and let them know it was never about behavior. It was all about relationship. I'm gonna say something a little controversial because it happens in my own life. Maybe you need to start out as a hypocrite. I started out as a hypocrite. Sounds a little weird, sounds a little controversial, but I was holding on to the life that I wanted to live. And I said, yeah, I'll take some steps towards Jesus, too, and see how that goes. And God kept calling me, and I would take steps this way, but, boy, you you better don't get things twisted. I'm going to do things the way that I want to do it. And I trust God so much that I dare you to hold on to the thing that you're holding on to as long as you're taking steps towards him. Because God is saying, you keep walking in my direction and you're gonna look up and you're gonna look behind you, and the thing you used to do, you won't do no more. The things you used to love and be attracted to, you might not be attracted to anymore. The toxic relationship, you're gonna take a few more steps, look behind you, and realize, I'm not doing it anymore. Some things in this faith walk is inexpressible. I can't can't put words to it. Someday, I don't know when, I woke up and realized, wow, I'm not doing what I used to do. I'm not finding myself in these things anymore. Maurice was a clubber. I used to go to the club. That was my, I used to try to scratch the spiritual itch with the club. I used to be there all the time. Once again, don't judge me. God will judge you if you do, All right. But that's what I would get up and I would go to, to fill that void. And I would hold on to that and I would go to church. I would hold on to that and I'd go to trips, a little mission trips. I'll hold on to that and go to conferences. I'll hold on to that and lead a Bible study. And I looked at my life, and I'm looking, and I'm saying, how can both of these be? Because I love both of them, but God kept calling me in a certain direction. And this morning, I'm just here to let somebody know. You're holding on to something. You're so, you know that it's supposed to be let go. You know that you're convicted. You feel uneasy. God is interrupting you because he desires relationship. And relations, and interruptions can come by anything, Maybe in life you may be looking at yourself and you're wondering, what about this? What about that? What if it's God speaking? What if we looked at our lives and seen interruptions as God's trying to get our attention? We all got our interruptions in life. Maybe you're a little stewy. Maybe you got a little stewy at home that's bugging you. The next time your kid's just calling your name, ma, 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 ma. Just look at your kid and say, God, is that you? You trying to get my attention? When you driving down that road and that California car is tipped over, just go ahead and pause for a second. God, what you trying to tell me? You interrupting my life for some reason? I just got cut off, and I got a few choice words that Christians supposedly don't say, and I'm saying them right now. Maybe God, hold on. You trying to get my attention here? Because God uses interruption. To introduce us to relationship. Here's what I want to kind of land the plane on, or I want to close on this right here. What do we do with this? What What do we respond? How do we move into action around what God is calling us to? Samuel prayed a dangerous prayer. Samuel decided to say something dangerous. And I relate to it so much because that's my own life. In the very beginning of this whole Christian walk, it was nothing but me throwing up dangerous prayers. Hey, if that's really you, show me. If you're real, do something. I I don't know what this whole Christian thing, I don't know what this God stuff is, but if you want me, you're going to have to mess my life up. And let me tell you, He called a black man from Riverside. (laughs) All the way to Colorado, 303. I didn't know anything about Colorado. All I thought it was snow and mountains and everything else. Didn't know anything about it. And God called me. And now I get to see myself living a dangerous prayer that I prayed a while ago. But I decided, go ahead, clap. You're going to make me preach better if you do. (laughs) I decided to throw up a dangerous prayer. And maybe somebody in the room, that's you. What I love about Samuel's story is the Bible says he was not a person that knew God. And maybe you're in here and you're saying, Maurice, I was invited. I came to watch a baptism. I came to see what you know what my what this was about. I seen a sign. I drove by, I kind of stumbled in here. It's awesome. And you're saying, you know what, I don't even know the guy that you're talking about. You're a prime candidate. You better get ready for your life to be wrecked. I dare you to throw up a dangerous prayer. Throw up something up to him. And when you open the door... It doesn't matter what you're holding on to. It doesn't matter what has you bound. It doesn't matter what things you're facing, whether that's rejection, whether that's depression. I'm here to tell you, God is going to interrupt your life so much so that things won't look the same. Relationships are gonna be dispersed. Things and friends are gonna be moved out. He will come in and shift things around in your life saying, I need you for myself. And from there, life is fulfilled. Life is better. I dare you to throw up a prayer, throw up something up to him. Speak Lord for your servant is listening. Those are the words of Samuel. I don't know what your prayer is this morning. I don't know what you're going to be doing. I don't know what this week looks like for you, but my encouragement as you're driving down the street. As you're sitting at home, if you've got a, a little alone time, throw up something. And I'm here to tell you the person who loves you so much, The person who desires relationship, the person who's going to come in and hold you, the person who we desire to talk about and proclaim, he will call you and call you and call you into your calling, call you into fulfillment, call you into the place where he wants you. He will mess with your life so much so, make you frustrated, make you agitated, but you're going to have him. It's going to take some heartache. It's going to take some tough times. But God is saying, I want relationship. This morning, I'm going to pray a prayer for you guys and all of us. Because maybe you're sitting in this room and you're saying, I know God already. There's something deeper. There's something, another level. There's something else that God wants out of our lives. And if you keep living long enough... He'll let you be frustrated, he'll let you be irritated, he'll let you have all kinds of things fail after failure, after failure, after failure till you turn your attention to him. Maybe, just maybe, the interruption was an introduction to relationship. God, I pray right now for every single person under the sound of my voice, including myself. God, we all are one dangerous prayer away, one dangerous prayer away from potential, one dangerous prayer away from walking in what we are passionate about, one dangerous prayer away from being in relationship with you, one dangerous prayer away from living the life you've called us to live. As I pray for every single person right now, God, I pray that you wreck their world. God, I pray that you move them out of their comfort zone. God, I pray that the thing they're holding on to, that as they take steps towards you, you will see and they will see that you are a God who will interrupt. God, as we take steps towards you, as we hold on to our old life, trying to figure out what new life looks like, show us, help us, We open up ourselves, we open up that door to you. And God, we all are in a position to have our worlds interrupted, to have our spirits shifted to another level. We're one dangerous prayer away. God help us as we're on this journey to open the door, to throw up a dangerous prayer. Because when we do, your word says, you respond to Samuel by saying, I have something shocking I want to do. Something shocking that you want to do in all of our lives. I pray right now for the person who's uneasy. I pray right now for the person whose spirit is being stirred. I pray for the person right now who is in something they know they shouldn't be in. They're in a job. They're in a relationship. They're they're in a financial situation that they know they, they need to move. They need to take a step. They need to move from something. You're calling them God. And we thank you for the call. We thank you for not giving up. We thank you for not the first call and not just the second call, not just the third call, but God, you call until we respond. This is for you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.